Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We hope that it blesses you. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a pathway and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples came and asked him, Why do you use parables when you talk to the people? He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really understand or listen. This fulfills the, the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear. And they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see, but they didn't see it, and they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. 
they fall away as soon as they have, they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even a hundred times as much as has been planted. Thank you, Val. Brilliant. So you now understand that parable and you don't need me to say anything, do you? No? No? Who was that? Who wants a sermon? (laughs) Own up. The rest of them will get you afterwards. It's a really well-known parable. It's something that we've known since we were children. It's something we've heard over and over again. And we've thought about the soil. Parables, though, can only be really understood if you go in deep, if you spend time with them, and if you work out what it actually means to you. How lazy are you? lazy are we? We can be really lazy sometimes, can't we? I I love the fact now that we have mobile phones so that when I'm upstairs working, I can ring my son who is downstairs (laughs) and and maybe appeal to his better nature for a cup of tea. Or I can ring my husband and tell him to turn the chips that are in the oven. (laughs) We can be so lazy. And as Christians, we can be lazy. We can come to church on Sunday. We can listen to, hopefully, a decent preacher. I'm sure you'll get a better one next week. Jess is on next week. Hopefully a good preacher telling us what we ought to learn. And we think, right, I've done my, you know, I've had my my input. Kirsty's led us in worship. I've prayed. I've talked to a few people. I've done my bit. And then we go on. And that's it for the rest of the week. But it's a bit like saying that that we've got to... Have you seen the gorgeous little baby that we have the last couple of weeks? The tiny baby. That's a bit like saying that his mum is only going to feed him or her. Him. (laughs) I haven't got close because I've got a cold. Um, It's only going to feed him once a week. Now, those of you that have had small people know that for the first three months, that's pretty much all you do is feed them. If you're, you're doing very well to get dressed. <laughs> you know, when I had my son, it was a challenge to get dressed in the morning because all he wanted to do was eat. And yet we think that we become adults and we don't need that anymore. But where are we as Christians? We still need that. We still need to eat. We get better at it. We eat quicker. We eat solids. 
but we still need to eat. And we still need to do it regularly, and we need to do it during the week, not just once on a Sunday. How lazy are you? And what are you like as a listener? Are you one of these people that listens just long enough for the person to stop talking so you can get your word in? Ooh, nobody admitting to it. There's one or two here. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything. Or are you a listener? So my well, actually, I can be like this. My husband tells me I can be like this. My son is worse. At the dinner table, conversations going on. Ed, my son, talk, 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 talk. He's a teenager, so we go, yes, he's talking. He's come off his gadget, and we enjoy it. And then he asks you a really difficult question, like, what's for lunch? <laughs> Sometimes in the morning, that's as much as I can go. And I'm, and I'm thinking, he goes, well, and what's for tea? And what are we doing tomorrow? And we're doing the, and he goes, just shut up. And let me think. And let me listen. And my husband, who likes a bit of time to think, well, next week he'll tell me the answer. <laughs> but we all listen in different ways. But we all have to listen. What happens if we don't hear? If my son doesn't hear me saying to him, I'm going to pick you up from school and you're going to be there at that time, and if you don't come out then, then, well... You're going to miss going to X, Y, Z. If my husband doesn't say, doesn't listen to me when I tell him that I've lost my keys or whatever else I've done, we feel like we're missing out. We do miss out. We don't grow in fellowship with each other. I have to slow my son down. I have to speed my husband up. <laughs> so we can all come to a place where we're listening he never made it this morning. He should come. Then he wouldn't. Hey? <laughs> eh? You're texting him, are you? He's got some WhatsApp. So. Oh, is he there? Where is he? Be oh, behind the pillar. He knows that I would only say anything to him up here that I would say to his face. <laughs> because I've learned how to give good feedback. <laughs> yeah. But we have to listen, don't we? He gets frustrated when I don't give him enough space in the same way as I get frustrated when my son doesn't give me enough space to listen. We have to take time. We have to take space. How many times is God trying to talk to you, but you're too busy gassing that he can't get a word in edgeways? When you're too busy doing other things, and he says, I'm trying to talk to you, Julie. Will you please shut up? In order to understand these parables, we have to take time because we want to be fed and we need to listen. And now... More than ever, we have to do the work. Because you have got people that are going to preach each Sunday. You have got life leaders that are going to work with you during the week. You have got opportunities. But you don't have the vicar who's going to be there making sure you're okay. 
You don't have our assistant pastor who would nag you regularly and encourage you. You now have got to grow up. You now, we now, have got to do the work. We have to put the time and effort in. So what do we need to do? Well, let's look at the soils. And we've got some pictures on the first slide, please, Gare. Thank you. Which soil are you like? Because this is a picture of you in this parable. You've got to identify with one of them. Are you a bit like this? Now, this is nothing about your age and wrinkles. <laughs> this is about your heart and your mind. How hard are you? Or how soft are you? Hardened soil is horrible to walk on in the summer, isn't it? If you take your shoes off, it's nice walking on grass. But if the soil is hard, it's painful. If a seed wants to grow in this hardened soil, it can't because it can't take any nutrients. And in order for a seed to grow, it has to change the soil in which it's growing. Nothing's going to grow in this. Have you been a Christian so long? You go, oh, I know all about this parable, and oh, she's, she's saying, and I've heard it all before. I'm just not going to listen. I'm going to think about lunch. I'm going to think about something else. This doesn't matter to me. It doesn't mean me. I'm not like this. I think if you are thinking this is not like me, you probably are. So just think. How much have you allowed to God to touch your heart? How much have you read the Bible recently and God's spoken to you? How much have you been touched by people around you? For those of us with hard hearts, and we get them from time to time, I've got a great book, which is supposed to be for men, but as a woman of a certain age, I enjoyed it. It was called The Dark Night of the Shed. It's a great book. I really recommend it. Um, I will explain. Those of us that have, have done some study, maybe in more contemplative theology or, or Ignatian spirituality, know that we talk about the dark night of the soul. There are times when God, you just cannot seem to get in touch with him. And this book is looking at it from a different perspective as, as a midlife crisis point of view. But it's really good. And this man, going through his midlife crisis, struggling to connect with God, built himself a shed and made it into a prayer shed and went there and did his Bible readings. Are you having a bit of a dark night of the soul? Are you hard? In order to soften that hard soil, you have to water it. Those campers know that when we head to new wine in the summer and it's been hot for the week beforehand, we have to have the bottles of water beforehand to water the soil or we're praying for rain the day before just so the soil's squidgy enough. Rather too much rain this year, however. Um, just so the soil is squidgy enough in order for us to be able to put our tent pegs in. If you're hard, you've got to let God rain on you. You've got to open up. You've got to allow yourself to read the Bible and sit and spend time with it. 
You've got to open and let God come in. What about that second soil? This, for me, reminds me of cliffs. And there's chalk cliffs, I come from Kent, the chalk cliffs of the Downs. That little layer of soil with the grass on top. I've actually got some poppies on this one. There is very little that can grow in shallow soil. There's very little that will go there. Us gardeners know that there are limited things we can grow on chalk. Don't put your carrots there because they'll end up flat. They'll go sideways. What's your soil like? Have you been a bit hard? But you've, you've got a bit of softness come to the top. Is it a bit one-dimensional? Is it a bit just grass? I don't want to say grass is boring, but it's not the most exciting thing. It's important. But most of the time it stays short. It's not got breadth. In the shallow soil, the deep things can't survive. Have you become a Christian and go, oh yeah, I know it's, it's just about accepting Christ. And that's all there is to it. Well, I'm sorry, there's a whole lot more. And if you want to know more, come and talk to me, come and get in a life group and come and understand really what it means to be a Christian a living and breathing Christian, one that grows, one that comes deeper, one that connects with God on many, many layers, one that responds to God, one that serves him, one who can survive when things get tough. Are you like this fourth soil? Third soil even, thank you. It looks quite nice and squidgy. We could have things grow in it. But this one's contaminated. I think it's probably oil. In the parable, we talked about weeds. What else is going on in your life that can contaminate? As I said, when my teenager lifts his head up from his gadget, I'm happy. Because I'm happy that finally we might be able to talk to him about something other than games theory. We can talk to him about what it means to be a Christian. I want him to come away from the television that he's watching, these sort of strange animes that he's into. And I want him to learn about God. And you know, he is one of the most risky people because he's grown up in church and at 15 he thinks he knows it all. What can contaminate? What are the weeds that come into your life? Don't go to church next week. We're going to... I don't know. It would have been the disco in the old days. I'm, I've already been told I'm not enough up with the kids. We're going to whatever else. We're going shopping. We're going to do this. No, don't go to Bible study tonight. Just come out with us, group of friends. And you kid yourself. I'll, I'll just go out and I'll go and evangelize them. But no, that's not what it's about. We have to keep ourselves focused. As a gardener, if I don't get rid of the weeds, my plants are not going to grow. If my soil is like this, nothing is going to grow. So what have you got in your life that is stopping you getting close to God and growing? And I just need to flag a warning that that might be church. 
do you come and you think, oh, I'm, I'm doing Monday food bank and I'm doing Thursday food bank and I'm here on Tuesday for Mum's Life Group and I'm here on Wednesday for Oasis and I'm here on Friday just because I like being here. Anybody coming on Friday? Youth, youth's on on Friday. That's what. And he said, yes, I'm growing, I'm being a good Christian. But you are just so busy that you're not spending time with God. You need to cut back. You need to be able to prioritize. You need to listen to where God wants you to be. For you, maybe you need to say no. Or are you like our last lot of soil? The receptive soil. The sweet-smelling soil. I, I'm an Alan Titchmarsh fan. I'm sorry. I, I confess to my sins. But Alan Titchmarsh and Monty Don, to be fair, and Toby Beardsmore, who did Gardener's Quest World in the Middle, and all of the other gardeners you watch on the TV, will enthuse about their compost heaps. Will tell you that when compost gets to that point, it is sweet-smelling. If they do. That when you pick it up and you squeeze it together and then you let it go, it gently crumbles. That the seeds can go in and they can spread their roots. And the seeds are fed. Is this what you are like? And you think, yes, I'm there, that's me. I do my Bible reading, I do my prayer. Then my warning for you and my challenge for you is to stay there. Because the devil would love us to believe that we are okay and we are doing well. And that we can have our day off our Bible reading and we can stop meeting together. We have to keep working at it. In the same way as soil can become overworked. Farmers rest their soil once every four years. And then they fertilize and they turn it over. We have to be the same. We have to stay receptive. But the thing about this receptive soil is while we're there, we are bringing people in. While we are being the best we can be as a Christian, while we are connected to God, we can spread the message. We can infuse others. We can challenge others. We can serve. We can give. That place which is hardworking but joyful. That place where so much comes out. That's where we want to be. That's where we all need to be. What is God saying to you this morning? Which of these soils is he showing you you are? The good news is we all have the potential to be the receptive and the fruitful soil. Some of us might need a little bit more work than others. And some of us might have been there and just fallen off a bit. But we need to do the work. It's our responsibility to be with God. To meet with him regularly. To pray. 
to meet together, to challenge each other. Have that conversation. Go up to somebody this week and say, Gillian, what's God done in your life this week? Not just to Gillian or the other Gillian. But let's, I know, let's, let's not be as reserved as we sometimes are. We don't want to talk about our spiritual life. I met a vicar last night who spent lots of time telling me about her church and at no point talked about what God has doing for her. And I came home so sad. As Christians, we need to want to talk about where God is in our lives. We want to gossip the gospel, as the phrase used to be. We want to be people that people want to be around. And so this week, do what you need to make that happen. Do that with God. Do that with your friends. Do that with your life group members. But start cultivating a soil that is receptive, soft, crumbly, sweet-smelling, and productive. Because then, when we all do that, our church will continue to be the place we want it to be, we love to be. It will continue to grow. It will continue to feed others. It will continue to radically transform lives. And if some of you are here going, I haven't got a clue what she's talking about. I don't even understand what Jesus is, who Jesus is, or what it all means. Then before you leave this place, talk to somebody that does know. And come and understand. And come and begin that process of changing. Come and be that person who is so fruitful. Because God will do amazing things in and through each one of you. For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit www.saintsaviorsunbury.org.uk.